Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsport show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Inside Groove. My name is Tom Baker. Happy to be with you once again as uh, I record this show. Uh, it is um, Tuesday, and we are looking forward to, uh, of course, our traditional Wednesday night release here and uh, starting to hear some rumblings about uh, lots and lots of white stuff falling out of the sky uh, up in the greater Oswego area later in the week. So certainly uh, wish all of you who uh, are in the Oswego and Central New York area uh, safety and uh, just um, be careful out there as uh, the week goes on. Uh, sounds like could be a pretty serious snowstorm up there where I'm sitting in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's uh, kind of mild for spring right now here but uh, getting some rain and um just kind of a messy day but uh certainly a lot better off than uh what's happening up in central new york so i guess for the snowmobilers and skiers up there y'all are gonna get uh, a bit of uh good weather to uh take part in those activities so again we just uh, hope you all stay safe uh, we've got an interesting show this week um not a lot of uh, Oswego Speedway news floating around or, you know, much going on at this point. Uh, so uh, Cam will be back with us here uh, in the next week or two. Once things start uh, unpacking again, as we start to get closer to the season, we're uh, about 86, 87 days out uh, from opening day at Oswego. And, uh, of course, Isma's opener coming up uh, at Oswego shortly after that, um, MSS with uh, a nice season going on, a couple of big shows at, at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway, formerly known as Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, so lots to look forward to in this season for the Super Modifieds. We actually have a bit of a different show today. Uh, I'm excited that we get to talk to one of the rising stars in the Super Modified ranks, who actually is out of the New England area and right now is uh, plying his trade in the 350 Super Class, Small Block Super Class, and that is Jeffrey Battle. Jeffrey going to join us in a little while, and uh, I think you're going to be very uh, impressed with this young man. Very intelligent, uh, very aware of what's going on within the 350 division, and um, has some interesting thoughts on uh, some of that. So uh, we'll hear from Jeff in a little while, and we're also going to get a chance to sit down and talk to uh, a man that I'm thankful to be friends with um, and thankful that he is a supporter of ours on the show. We're going to talk to Sean Cathcart from Skip's Fish Fry as well and talk to him about uh, the fish business. Tell some fish tales because that's what we do here and uh, and get a chance to um, find out kind of how he got connected to the Speedway um back in his day when he first did so looking forward to hearing a little bit about his backstory and talking to him about um skips as well uh we you know we know not, not only you know selfishly for, for us from a sponsor's point of view for the show but 
I, I believe it's important that uh, you all hear from uh, different perspectives of the people who are involved at Oswego and in supermodified racing. And so um, when we get the chance, we like to kind of um, deviate from our traditional driver interview and talk to someone in a slightly different uh, kind of part of the what makes the Speedway happen every week. So looking forward to hearing from and talking with sean cathcart as well so this should be a fun show um not a lot going on right now as i mentioned uh uh not to say that there's nothing going on but just uh, nothing coming out in the news about a swiggo or a super modified welcome back to inside groove as we roll on with uh episode gosh i'm not even sure somewhere in the early 30s i think we are uh tom baker with you and uh my special guest for this week is none other than jeffrey battle jeffrey is a one of the young rising stars in the uh, super modified division out of new england we're going to talk with jeffrey in a little bit of detail about his background and his career to date and what he wants to do in the future it is our pleasure to welcome jeff to the broadcast and uh jeff it has been fun to watch you over the last year or so with oswego and uh you certainly put on a clinic, uh, particularly on Classic Weekend and the 350 Classic. I want to take you all the way back, though. I want to know, how did you first get interested in racing? And how did you kind of get from, hey, I kind of like this, it's fun to watch, to I want to drive, to I'm on the verge of a step into supers, or who knows, maybe somewhere else. Well, yeah, thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, I, I actually started out by getting into racing back in, uh, well, as long as I can remember, waiting until I was allowed to go in the pits. The day I was allowed to get go in the pits, I was helping my grandfather out, and uh, my Uncle Eddie, and the, my, my grandfather was running a small block 350 that he built at Lee Speedway, and um, I helped him out for, oh, as long as I can remember, and my Uncle Eddie was running big blocks in um Eddie Wickham Jr. and I oh, he was okay. running, yeah, and he was running big blocks for oh, as long as I can remember, and um, I got to learn a lot of background knowledge about that throughout the years, and I was always going down to help my grandfather out. I mean, every single day in the summertime, uh, throughout the weeks, and I, I just I saw how the cars changed over the week just racing, and uh, I learned it all. Um, and then one day, uh, my cousin James Whitcomb actually. He was running an Ironman car up at Lee Speedway, and he ended up having two of them. And uh, I actually was—I asked him one day if he would be interested in letting me try it out. And um, an Ironman car is just a Pontiac Grand Prix, yeah, Grand Prix, 2.6 liter front-wheel drive car. And, okay. Um, he let me try it out one day, and um, we did four races in it and we won one and uh we finished we got like two a second and a third and uh me and james actually got tangled up in one the oh. other one and uh that was the end of that for that that season and uh <laughs> you then, never uh, want to wreck your own... teammate that's kind of the the deal there it's <laughs> it's not good when teammates get together oh yeah but i mean stuff happens i mean it, yeah. it was it is what it is you know sure and uh and then my uncle Richard, um, Richard Whitcomb, he, one day, actually, he works at Lock Crane. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you know Ryan Locke and Jeff Locke there. Uh, yeah. He, 
what he actually like uh, he I was it was able to let me get the opportunity to try out Ryan Locke's midget at Star Speedway. Oh, okay. Um, with the approval of Kenny Locke, and um, once I did that, I don't know. I think Richard might have. I don't know. He he might have been able to see something in me. I think because <laughs> then that that winter we ended up buying um, a frame off of Tony Bowes, and we put it together over that winter, and that was two years ago, and uh, that was was it ever since. So you you did not get into, excuse me, an open-wheel, open-body car, open-cockpit car, until two years ago. Is that correct? Yes, yep, yep. And then I did four races before that in uh, the Pontiac Grand Prix there. Okay. And so when when you tested Locke's Midget, um, did you go right from that into the 350 Super? Is that how that went? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It was actually, um, I actually also tried out my grandfather's car, the 21 Super, small block Super. Oh, okay. Um, once, once. And um, I didn't go nearly as fast as I did in the Midget, though, just because I was, I think I was 14 at the time. Um, and then the Midget, I, I, I obviously was a little more grown up, I think, and mature and maybe braver i guess and uh i went a lot faster and that's when uh yes me and my uncle richard put that 350 together yeah your confidence grows as a certain part of your anatomy grows right is that kind of how it works <laughs> yeah it does yeah yeah you gotta i mean yeah you learn you learn it all though you actually you learn a lot from watching yeah you and, do you do and certainly unfo- and, un- and unfortunately you see how other guys might have messed up doing this this or that you know so you, For sure. you learn from it you watch tons of videos and just try and learn well, you grew up in such a, to me, a, a, a rich environment for motorsports in general, short track wise, but especially for uh, the supers and the midgets and all of that. I mean, New England is still very strong um, with those yep. divisions. Um, I imagine that your passion for racing probably kept you out of a lot of trouble you might otherwise have gotten in as a young man, right? Oh yeah, no, uh, one hundred and ten percent. I I agree with you. I mean, I uh, I live in Western Massachusetts and well, actually Dunstable now. But anyways, I went to school in Western my whole life, and um, unfortunately, I mean, I you, you see how kids change over the years. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm out of high school now, one year, and I'm I'm working right now in a trade, and uh, I it's I actually just I actually believe it or not, I actually an hour ago I just went out to my old school and cut out because I actually transferred the tech and then Neshoba Tech sophomore year, which is still in Westford, but it's a technical school. Okay. And I uh, I actually cut out a windshield in a car there in the auto body shop where I went to school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool to be working and also back in school. But anyways, uh, I guess what I'm saying is um, I've seen how other kids that are older than me, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not saying it's – I'm not being negative or anything, but they uh, they go to college and they get it all paid for on um, – by somebody else and yeah. uh, they don't they don't make nothing out of it nope and and then they get out of college and they don't really know what to do well i've always said that trades are you know that they've never gone out of style and they're really back in now i mean you know yeah i, I agree with you yeah yep. you know four-year college is not for everybody and it shouldn't be automatic i think um i think you got to recognize in each young student what their their what they like and what their basic skills are and um, yeah absolutely you yep. know yep. i mean i would be i'm not a i'm not a good 
person as far as working with my hands. I'm not very mechanical. You know, I was kind of more the 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 marketing and, and business oriented kind of guy. And, you know, I like to, to create with words and drumsticks, uh, you know, but so <laughs> even as long as you have a good work ethic and you're not afraid to wake up every morning and do something and, and you do it every day, you'll be fine in life. But well, if you exactly. don't have the ambition and the mindset, you're not going right. to go anywhere. Which means, you know, for me, the, the, the college was necessary to, to do what I was going to do. But um, you know, for a lot of people, it isn't. And I think, I think trade schools are great. And, and, uh, you know, it's neat to see that you're, you know, you're out making a living and, and still being able to make progress with the racing. Now, when did you, I mean, you're only, you're still only 18, right? Am I, am I right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 18 years old. I mean, at what point did you go full time with the 350 deal and and realize hey I've got the ability to go win some races here. Well, I, I mean I was all like I, I mean when I was I mean, as long as I can remember, probably when I was like 10 I was always helped my grandfather out like in, way more full time because I was at working on the cars right. all throughout the days and then come the weekends we were going to the races and then late nights. So it was a lot more, but now I'm uh I mean, ever since two years ago, I mean, my, I mean, I've been working out of high school since my junior year because I was able to go on co-op. Okay. And um, so I've been pretty much working and then going to work on the race car right after work. And uh, yeah, yeah, which was started two years ago, pretty much. So it's all most of most all of your success really has just been in the last couple seasons. Yeah, I, I really only started driving the uh, well my. My first full year racing was in the 350, um, and that was two years ago. Wow. Yep, and then I did those four races before that in the Grand Prix. So what's it like to race a 350 in New England? Because, I mean, I've been to a lot of the tracks up there and, and a lot of them multiple times, but not for, for many years. But um, yeah, yep, yep. I, I see the 350s from a Swigos perspective, and I feel like that's kind of a super speedway for your class, right? I mean, you know, most of the oh, tracks yeah. you guys run yeah. on are smaller. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, Oswego is definitely a lot more faster. Um, I, I mean, I've like I said, I've been helping my grandfather for as long as I can remember, and yeah. I've seen the divisions like change and good ways and in bad ways throughout the years. And I think it's very, a very strong division right now um, at star speedway, at least because it's, it's a very, and, and as we go, because they got the same rules. Yeah. Um, you get a nice um, stock 604 sealed crate engine. And now it's got, that was, it's a lot more economical for guys, a lot more easier to do. And um, I think that's the, the key to keep the three fifties going. I agree with that 100%. Um, I would imagine racing one of those at Star has got to be a ball because the track's so small and tight that it's it's bullring racing, but you can't just knock each other around like you would in a oh, yeah. stock car. So it really teaches you the craft of pass timing, and you got to be quick to, to fill the hole right. when it opens up, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were running um, the 603 engines the last year. Um, and now this year was the first year that you were able to go 604 crate engines with a four barrel okay. uh, with, with no restrictor plate. So you're obviously getting a lot, I mean, a lot more horsepower out of the engine compared to the 603. And we have not, and no one at the track has gotten any faster in lap times. Wow. Yep. And that, and in my opinion, you, and I mean, I'm not trying to, I mean, I, I anyways, I think if you gave somebody else um, 20 more horsepower, 30 more horsepower, 
they're still going to finish where they would have finished without that. You know, it, it's all handling. Right. It's just, it's kind of um, when when guys you can see how guys when they're off they're off and when they're on they're on and, it, and obviously they're not just they're cheating all of a sudden. Like we we everyone has their bad nights and sometimes sometimes you got good nights. Well, you so you certainly had a, a a great classic weekend in Oswego for sure. Uh, what is it? What's the secret to taking one of those three fifties and 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 running as fast as you did? I mean, your lap times were amazing, and and it, I think people kind of get the sense that um, you would wind those things out eventually. But really, I mean, again, like you said, a lot of it's handling. What was what was the secret to the, to the speed that you found there? Um, everybody's pretty much running the same stuff. Oh, well, I mean. I honestly think, I mean, that that car that um, me and my uncle there got together, we have ran it with Cassett with it. Well, actually, we've, you know, we've won it with Cassett, Hudson, um, Star. Um, we never won at Lee. That car there, we've, I mean, my uncle Richard, he is, I mean, I'm only 18, but he's got years and years and yeah. years of ex- and experience of doing it. And there is zero substitution for experience. I, it don't, I don't care what you say. You can... I mean, like I said, you can give somebody somebody that's fresh out of the box, um, with new in the division, with 50 more horsepower. But when they get into the corner, if they can't turn and be on the gas earlier or staying in it longer, the guy is still the guy that's handling, is still going to beat him. And I, I mean, my uncle Richard, I, I think that I mean he's he's very very good. We went out to Oswego and uh, the car was it was fast. Um, we really were not sure what to even run for a gear or nothing because we'd never been out there. Right and um. We ended up just we we fine fine tuned it because that track's so big you're you're on the gas so much. Um, believe it or not, it, I mean you just got to make sure the car goes straight and is very stable going down the chutes. That's a big deal, you know. Yeah. And the cor- the corners um, usually you're you're very close just because like I said you're going so fast. But how much how 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 long are you actually off the gas? And how much brake do you actually have to use in a place like a Swiggo with a 350 car? Well, I mean, when you go there, in a, it all, I mean, when you're in traffic racing, guys, obviously it's a lot different. Well, yeah, I'm just much, talking but, about if you're, you know, running laps like you were out front. Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, I don't know, I tried to not lift as little as I could. And, I mean, I was kind of seemed like if I was able to almost roll off a little bit going in and, and kind of like burp it and just keep my foot in it. Honestly, after um, yeah. it seemed it seemed to work, and especially like in time trials when we had uh, brand new tires on it, it definitely um, you kind of got to be a little bit more braver and kind of trust that it's going to stick, you know. And um, yeah. it did. Yeah, it was, it, was, you, it was good. You had what a lot of us would have said was a holy crap lap uh, in qualifying. I don't think anybody expected to see a 350 going that quickly. Uh, but you were just dialed in all weekend long, and, and it, it it has to be exciting for you uh, at your age to be able to come to a speedway that I know is still revered as, you know, the Steel Palace or the Fast Five Ace or whatever. It's the place to go race for a super. Yep, yep. To be able to go there and, and put on the performance that you did and end up in victory lane, that must have been a real thrill for you. Yeah, it was it was very very cool. I mean, and like I said, I mean, I I I mean, it was very cool. But I try, I wish I, I mean, all the glory goes to the driver, obviously, but all the work's done in the garage. 
you know, you show up for the race day and you're, you're hopefully not working as much as you do in the garage, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. we're, I mean like tonight, I'm going over there tonight to work on the car. Um, it's, you're always working on it. And that's, I wish my, my uncle Richard, he, he's a big deal, you know? Yep. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing and, uh, it, it, it pays off and thank, thankfully he, he enjoys it a lot. So that, that makes me enjoy it more too, you know? Sure. Now, what aspirations do you have? I know that you ran a couple of times in a big block super this past year with, uh, uh, Howie Lane and had yep. a great run in, at Sandusky. What are your ambitions of the sport? I mean, I, I would guess that you would love to end up in, in the big block supers at some point, but do you have ambitions of going beyond that to something higher? Uh, I mean, um, this year we're going to be running star full time. We're going to be back. want to go chase after a championship there. And I just try our best, see if we can do it. And, um, we're going to run with Howie whenever we can this year, too. Uh, any Perfect. off weekends that we have at Star, if there's an Isma race, we're, um, we're definitely going to try and do it um, as much as we can. So that's we're going to be racing that a lot more this year. That's some good um, And then anything else, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I've kind of I've been fortunate enough to have a little deal work out with Howie there, which is um, it's very fun. But I really, I'm not in the, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm kind of like I'm. Not, I'm. I want to try and like make a living, like other than like racing. If I ever had somebody call me up with anything else, yeah, why not? But I'm not. I mean, as far as myself with ambition, um, like trying to get money together. I mean, if if a guy offered me like a ride, Allison said, as long as you can get this together, then maybe. Sure. But, um, like I said, there's. I mean, I hate to say it, but the sport is really kind of in some ways in other divi- in other divisions, I should say has come to if you can come up with the money then you can get the ride and i just don't really have the money behind me to do that you know right well and it makes sense and obviously i mean the sport's there because it's where we are technology wise and where the world is at this point i mean it's yeah uh, yeah and that 350 deal like the meme my uncle and my dad got going on and uh, the couple sponsors we got it really is. A, it's a good economical deal, in, in our opinion. I mean, once you get the car going, I mean, week to week, as long as you're staying out of trouble and uh, you're not having silly mistakes, it's really it's it kind of I shouldn't say it pays for itself, but it uh, it it's, you don't you do not make money in racing by any means. No, but, um, it's definitely like more of an economical division, but it's a lot more time too because it's not like a late model or something where you can go out and buy a bumper. Right, and that's that. That's really why yeah. the cost of it, in my opinion, is brought down. But you got a lot more time involved. Well, that's true because you have to make a lot of your own stuff, and that's yep. uh, you know that's er- everything. Everything on that car is, is it's handmade. But at the same time, you are right. It's a very economical class. I was so excited when Oswego started the class up there because. I really feel like the 350 Supers, uh, you know, and people were afraid it was going to threaten the big blocks or whatever. I've been around the sport too long, and I've seen how all this stuff works, and I knew that it wasn't going to really, if anything, it was going to eventually create more opportunity for more people to go big block racing. Um, because, you know, in, in many ways, obviously, the, you know, the cars are, are very compatible, and you can, you know, if you can run a 350 fast, you can certainly adapt to the power of the big block and, and, and run that as well, I believe. So I just think that it was a natural, progression that Oswego needed to make it gave him a third super modified class it gave him the perfect between class from the SBS to the 
um, you know, to the, uh, the the big blocks, and and it gave an opportunity for drivers like yourself who necessarily weren't going to go to a Swigo um, and, yeah, and yep. run to to go there. And um, I think it I think it really bridges the fan gap too, because again, you have fans and you go there and run, and they go follow you, and it's like, oh wow, I need to go up there and watch a show, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yep. So yep. No, I think the 350 deal. I think it really is. Um, I, I think it's a, a very. It would be a lot more easier for it to keep it going in the future, as long as they keep going with these rule, the rules they got right now for Star and Oswego. But in my honest opinion, I mean, um, uh, I, I guess I should say because it's, it's right and it's all over everywhere. But like that Smack deal, they kind of opened up the motor rules now. Yeah. Well, now guys can kind of go out and they can spend more money than the other guy. Yeah, guys. I wish they would Guys have done don't that. have the money to, to do that, and it's not that it's not that they don't have it, but why do they want to? You're trying to create a nice economical division to, to keep it going in fi- in 15 years that they're still running around. Uh, I, you know, I, I've never understood there, and it's not. I don't want to make it like it's it's unique to to the Smack Tour or whatever. Because I see it all over the sport at the short track level. You try to keep something economical to save the racers money, and then the racers decide they want to go out and spend more money for no good reason whatsoever. You know, yeah. and that's really yeah. what, what I when – when you start, you know, seeing um, even, you know, I look at Isma, I look at – it's, it's – you, you, you just have to use common sense. And, you know, I hate that that happened because, again, now you've got to – you you further diminish your potential market for new competition. Yeah. So then, exactly. well, that's the thing. Know. Like, and that's the whole exactly. And I mean, you, I'm sure you see with a whole bunch of other divisions, but I've seen a lot of teams in like that 350 division. Like in the past, like I said, as far as I can remember. Yep. Like if you go back eight years ago or nine years ago, the teams that were running at Lee. Yeah. A lot of them, I can think of a whole bunch of teams that are not around anymore because of whatever reason. Which is which is whatever, but like as far as like the big blocks go, there it's very it, there's a lot more less new competitors coming in, and I and I hate to yeah. say that, no, but it's it, true, it's, yeah, it is true, and it's just the expense of it, and and um, again, I think sometimes people get caught up in you know what do we want, and they they stop thinking big picture, and the big blocks are exactly in that position now. You have basically three separate series, and, and I, yeah, and. I, and in my opinion, when they, when I saw that smack come out, I think that in my I, in my opinion, I think that they just added like a whole another division because it, why are you gonna? I mean, it's a, I think it's a principle. Why are you gonna go run your stock engine against open rules like that? And yeah. it's not really they're, they're open. I mean, they're they are enforced, right? It's so it seems, but it's a whole another can of worms that they're like they're opening up now, yeah. guys. Now let's just say you got more money than me, so now you can go lighten up lighten up whatever you want you know yeah. just, you can do you can do whatever yeah i agree and, and once you and the other thing is once you you know once you start tampering you don't have a crate anymore you have, no, exactly you have a built crate as we like to call them down here and you know and at that point you've defeated the whole purpose of having the crate motor to begin with and you know so you're right you i think the smack tour is now almost a separate little faction of of a 350 super modified world at this point and you know again it's why did you feel the need to do that why why couldn't you just leave it alone well i you know and i, and I hate i mean I, i'll be honest with you i think i know why i mean i'm not gonna say any names, right. but 
the people that might be running it. I think I know why they're doing it, and I think it's because they think all us crate motor guys that are bone stock, they think we're cheating. Yeah. And in my opinion, pro protest them. Whoever whoever they think is winning well, and doing and, yeah, and you, doing so good, that's cheating. Protest them know. and strip them down because well, it's I, I, all you got to do is turn your back to them. Get your couple buddies together, put some money in a pile, and go protest it. Tech inspection is the key to success in any division that's supposed to be economical. And so, you know, if you're going to run a division that runs a crate motor, you should expect that that motor is going to come down and maybe multiple times during the year because oh, yeah. that's yep. the whole purpose of, Absolutely. you know, if you, I mean, so. And if you, and you if know. you are winning, what else do you expect? Right. I mean, so if, if, if somebody's got a bone stock and they're beating you, then, you know, you need to figure out why. And I yep. think for some people, they just need to learn how to set up their cars better. Um, exactly. Yep. You know, and that's, that's always, I've seen a lot of crate classes. I've seen a lot of, you know, we, uh, I remember when the, the crate late models first came in on dirt here about uh, 10, 15 years ago in this area. There is one series I remember very clearly a driver, um, they caught him, you know, tampering with the crate motor and they permanently banned him. It wasn't yeah. get out, it was get out and stay out. And he was banned not only from the series, but he was banned from every track that competes or that has a series race that's involved in the series as well. And it was, there was no, um, you know, there was no, maybe there was no, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, you're gone because we don't want cheating in our series. And I, you know, um, so I wish, I wish Mac well, obviously I hope they do well, but, um, it's again, it, it, I just come back to why we're supposed to be, we should be looking at ways to bring the cost of competition down to allow more people an easier way to play, um, and go racing. And instead, it seems like some are just determined that they're going to go and, you know, and overspend for, you know, the purse and then they want more purse. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. And I've been well, a track that's, promoter. That's the whole deal. Can't not, do that. Not, yeah, that no, math that doesn't a, that add up. Very good, right there. You know, that math doesn't add up. You can't keep jacking the 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 cost of competition up and going and and spending more money on motors and more money on race cars and tires and whatever else, and then expect the track to keep up with the purse because exactly, exactly. You, all yep. of that extra expense you. didn't bring in two more people to the grandstands. Exactly. So <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head. You yep. know, I mean, I'm just um, at this point. I've been 32 years of this, and I. I I think I told you this when we met last year, but I grew up at Oswego in Oswego in the seventies. So, you know, I've been, I've seen all of this evolution, and I think a lot of it's good. And I'm not, and then you know maybe some not so good. Um, and I I I never like seeing um, teams or organizations in any part of the short track world, especially. But even in NASCAR, it's killed it. Um, NASCAR is trying mm-hmm. to make the new car. They're, they're now. I just heard today from a pretty reliable source that they actually think the Gen Seven that they're creating for 2021 competition is going to come in under the budget they even projected it to be, which was already way less than what the current car costs. So that's that's if that's true, that's good. But you know, I just hate seeing you know let's let's make this more expensive and you know whatever because yeah. it's it's silly and and the Smack Tour. Those types of tours are great for the guys like yourself who, you know, want to do this 
on a budget, don't want to go out and spend, you know, 10 times the amount every week or every month yeah. or whatever. You make a, you know. Um, and that way sh- there you can go tour. Right. Exactly. And everybody, yep. so you, you just, you know, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I mean, everybody's got to do what they think. But, um, you know, but I'm happy to see that uh, that Star and Oswego are cooperating. I wish that, um, you know, we we could have some more tracks running the 350s there, you know, and hopefully we'll we'll see some some extra 350 shows in New York. I know that uh, there are a couple of the guys who are interested in doing some of that if they can make it happen. But of course it's it's hard to go book a show with four cars. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I know. know hopefully I know. Uh, you know, that could be yeah. put together. But w- well, and you know with I mean, who's the um, you never know if you could almost maybe work out a deal with like Star, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you just uh at some point, I would like to see that because I think, um, you know, again, if you're if, if you almost have to worry about, OK, our group doesn't want to go, you know, lighten stuff up and run open competition motor rules or whatever. Our, our group don't want to do that. If the yeah. other group does, let them go do their thing and let's do ours. But let's build ours so that we've got a bunch of cars and, you know, and um so I think that's that's going to be the key to success there. Yeah, We're, and you still have you have new competition coming in over the years, and obviously you're going to have guys that leave right. because of whatever reason. Yeah, but as long but as but you're going to have new competition coming in, and that's, sure. that's what you need. Yep. What um what do you like to do when you're not racing? Uh, I actually yeah I'm actually into uh, snowmobiling a little bit. I actually just got back into that like the last uh, couple of years. Cool. Um, I working on the race car in the wintertime quite a bit, uh, other than snowmobiling and. Um. Uh, go fishing. Yeah, I like. I love to go fishing so when, I, when I can. You're an outdoorsy um, kid. I uh, love. I love. I honestly, I love the mountains. If I, I love. Oh, and four wheeling. If I could go up in the mountains though and just be up there, and even if I wasn't able to go four wheeling or snowmobiling, that, that'd be fine. Hey, but I love fishing up there. Yeah, I just love. Uh, yeah, I love, love being up in the mountains. Honestly. <laughs> so you, yeah, you're more of an outdoorsy kind of kid. That's uh. That that's yeah. And that's not yeah. surprising for the area that you live in. Um, so talk about uh, what you would say to a younger driver coming up, say, who's in go-karts right now. What kind of advice would you give that driver on how to progress up the ranks into, you know, even just what you're driving with a 350 super type car? Well, just, I mean, the biggest thing is, is don't, ever, I mean, don't ever uh, drive over your head. Don't ever try and pressure yourself. And I mean, if you got somebody pressuring you because of whatever reason, then, well, I mean, think about where you're messing up, and um, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, certain people shouldn't be press, pressuring people, anyways. Well, but anyways, yeah. uh, but just pay attention, learn from your mistakes, and um, race guys how you want to be raced. And unfortunately, if you do have guys that do um, rough you up, don't don't be don't be so much of a hothead on the first incident. Just get out and <laughs> go say something. But if it's over and over and over again, then. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a, you gotta have a talk. You gotta figure something out. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but, I, but stay, hum- stay humble and just learn and. Uh, well, that's all. you've got the right idea, and you're a very humble kid. And it, it's, uh, it was great to meet you last year, and and uh, happy to see your success. We need, we need more of you, obviously, in the super modified division, and and the three fifties are a great entry point. Um, so absolutely excited to to know that you're running for a championship at star and hopefully we will see you at oswego a few times this year again as well and i'd love to see you in a big block for the classic if somehow that could be arranged 
Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know that 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 was one thing I would love. That that would be something I could, I would definitely like. Um, if I ever had the option, if I if, if I could ever work out a deal and I had to come up with something, I would definitely try and make that happen. That would be like a dream. I bet you would. How can fans follow you online to keep up with uh, what you're doing in your racing, Jeffrey? Uh, well, we got um, Ro- I don't know Robert Rodier from Lane Racing. There, he's got a um jeffrey battle facebook page made um and then other than that i got i got instagram that's actually jeffrey battle 21 and that's about it okay well we certainly look forward to keeping up with your progress jeffrey and uh yeah all the fans they gotta come they gotta come out to the track (laughs) well that's the key yeah you just uh, getting people to the racetrack is uh is definitely the key to everybody's success and um so we uh we look forward to seeing you up uh up at oswego whenever uh, you can get up there and run and um wish you all the best in the coming season we want to definitely keep up with you and have you back on again uh once things get going that, Absolutely, I love. I can't wait to go back out in a sweet going off. You see you out there, Tom. Well, I look forward to it, uh, and uh, we'll we'll stay in touch as well. That is uh, Jeffrey Battle, and we're going to step aside. We'll be back on Inside Groove, presented by Indie Performance Composites, right after this. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up! You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking. But I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Racing uh, just at this moment, which isn't a bad thing. We know it's all coming. We know it's going to be great, and we're all uh, excited about it and looking forward to it. Um, but it gives us a chance to sort of kick back and just have some good conversation with some folks uh, and not be so news-heavy necessarily. But I will remind all of you race teams, whether it's big block supers, 350 supers, or SBS, if you have news, you have a sponsor, you're changing drivers, you're having a fundraiser, whatever it is, go to the Inside Groove Facebook page and just click on message. Don't put it on the wall. Just click on message and uh, send us a private message with your news and um, we will get it out there for you. We want to be a vehicle to promote everybody that's uh, uh, a part of Oswego and ISMA and MSS and California Supers and whatever. So uh, we want to be a part of all of that. And that's what we uh, we are willing to do. So uh, let us know what you got going on so that we can get it out to the fan base and uh, let everybody know. And with that... 
I'm going to step aside and let you hear a little something, something. And on the other side of that, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Jeffrey Battle. So we'll be back with more of this week's Inside Groove as we get into our interview segments right after this. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Hi, Grandma. Can Nina come over for dinner? Sure. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! If anyone ever does, I want you to say, no, I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. I promise, Grandma. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we continue with this week's program. We are now joined by one of our sponsors for Inside Groove and uh, a man who obviously is as addicted to the world of supermodified racing in the Oswego Speedway as most of us who are gathered around the table doing or listening to this show are uh welcome sean cathcart from skips fish fry this is long overdue but uh wanted to bring you on and uh first of all thank you on air once again for all your support of the show and we hope that uh, we can continue that into 2020 as well um but wanted to give you an opportunity to first of all Talk about how you got connected to the Oswego Speedway. Every one of us has a story about how we first uh, kind of intersected with the fast five-eighths of a mile. And I'm curious about yours because I haven't known you but just uh, a few years now. And um, I know I I kind of remember you just before Skip's Fish Fry, but I don't uh, know too much about your background. So how did you how did this all start for you, this uh, love of supermodified racing? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's nice to talk to you. Of course. Um, back at, when I was 12, actually, my brother my brother uh, Keith brought me to my very first race. Uh, back in the days when you could, uh, you know, as a young kid, you had an t- attention span of uh, just a couple minutes. But, uh, you know, you'd go down under the under the bleachers, collect cans, have a nice hot dog, you know, and, and watch some racing. Since then, it's just kind of blossomed. Uh, the older I get, the more folks I meet in the area and that, that are involved with all different types of racing, but specifically at Oswego. So that's really where it started at all, that very first visit as a kid. Um, you know, way back when I was 12, it was uh, 30, 33 years ago now. That's a, that's a while. I mean, that takes us back, uh, well, to the 80s anyway. Uh Indeed. And uh, I guess uh, I'm a little older than you, so I go back to the, <laughs> the 70s when I first started going. Sure, but sure. What are, what are your what are your earliest memories about watching races there? I mean, you know, was there were there drivers that you kind of connected with, or you know, races that you just talk about what comes to your mind when you think about your first uh, memories of a Swiggo from a fan's point of view? 
Yeah, the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, when I started, you know, Pat Abold was kind of the, you know, the, the big name for, for me when I first started anyway. For some reason, I was I was drawn to that car. And he, so as a kid, he was always my favorite. Uh, but I just remember the how how incredibly loud it was and just you know tons and tons of cars and it was just really captivating as a as a young kid that really didn't have any and frankly even now my my automotive knowledge is very limited but it was just it was completely captivating as a kid and I just looked forward to every Saturday going in the summertime I loved it it's almost sensory overload, isn't it? I mean, when you really think about it, because uh, that's what, even for myself as uh, you know, a young fan in the seventies, I found it that way. I mean, the you know, you go there and like you said, they're so loud. There's so many cars. Mm-hmm. It's all the colors. It's all the sights and the sounds and the smells. And of course, the irony now is that uh, you know everybody's. I think first um, smell of the Swigga was the, you know, and what it's still known for is is the Hoffman hot dogs. Uh, sure. And um, you've now you you now brought those back and uh, and with the the original Fryhofer buns, so we can all go back uh, to our childhood now when we're there and grab a dog. But um, it it just was an amazing time, and and you kind of grew up there just like I did, and. What got you from fan in the grandstand to now being uh, being the fish guy? Uh, how did how connect that part of uh, your life for us? Sure. Well, I I spent uh, the last twenty five years bouncing around, but prime you know from uh, moonlighting here and there, different careers. But I was all for the last twenty five years. I've been a, a paramedic, um, and uh, which led me to opening CNY CPR out of Baldwinsville. We do CPR training, et cetera. Uh, and I, I remember Cahill's as a kid. Yes. And I, I, I felt that there was a, a real void in the city, uh, you know, of bringing something like that back. Um, so that, that had been in the works. Skips had been in the works for probably four, four and a half years, you know, waiting for the, you know, for an appropriate, uh, you know, space to rent and so on and so forth. Uh, so, you know, it's really to, to fill that, that what, what I consider a gap in the, in this, you know, in the Oswego area, you know, just to kind of bring that, you know, quality, you know, seafood back to Oswego. You've got a lot of variety. Um, it's not just, you know, go get a headache and fries or whatever. Um, you've done a lot of different things and, and, you know, brought a lot of different fish delicacies to Skip's menu. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about sort of the genesis of some of that variety because uh, it's, it's amazing how, you know, I mean, I, I always was – you know, I was a Haddock guy and I guess a whitefish guy growing up because that's what Rudy's had. And I think Cahill's had whitefish mm-hmm. at one time. And But now you've introduced, the, you know, what, perch and some other things. Talk about some of that and, and how all of that came into um, the, the world of Skip's Fish Fry. Well, you know, as you talk to your customers that come in, you know, that you everybody has ideas. Uh, you know, boy, I'd like to try this. I'd like to try that. And. I like to try different things to kind of see if they stick, uh, like our whole belly clams that we have occasionally, depending on availability. But you know, which is a it's a New England thing. It's a Ipswich clam that it's 
not something you can typically get around here. Same thing with the lobster rolls, you know, that uh, that was actually, I'd, I'd like to get Craig Soper, uh, who owns uh, a couple of race cars at the yeah. track, actually, uh, he uh, suggested that, and I thought he was nuts. I said, geez, nobody's going to pay that kind of money for a, a sandwich and a swiggo, but uh, I got to be honest, he was he was very correct, and I was very wrong. So I like bringing different things, variety, um, you know, there's always a tipping point with a restaurant, you know, is there, is it too much? Is it not enough? Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, I like having, uh, just the, the unique, somewhat unique items for this area. You know, it's hard to find a legit lobster roll around here. It's hard to find, uh, you know, those type of clams. And, you know, now we're, you know, we're, we're making our own fried mushrooms. We're making, you know, we're doing our own pickles, you know, we're, so we've sort of, taking care of the process of the restaurant itself and now we're focused more on what can we do ourselves as opposed to just buying a box of fried mushroom kind of thing so it really it really is you know you, you listen i always listen to the clients whether it's you know hey you know i like your fries or your fries stink or whatever that you know everybody's <laughs> a, everybody's got an opinion on french fries which is awesome but uh you know so i like to listen to that and, and try different things and i think variety is important and kind of rotate the menu a little bit and just have just have fun with it and let people enjoy it yeah it's it's really interesting to see that variety too and of course i mean it it takes some chutzpah because you're competing obviously against rudy's and rudy's for those who may be listening to the show who have never been to rudy's lakeside driving in oswego um first of all are you out of your mind um you know but but second of all to just to i mean rudy's is a staple and you know, again, everybody has their own opinion on who's better, who's whatever. Um, and I have mine too. And, and, but at the end of the day, to, to open a business that really in, in the way of the menu anyway, um, competes in, in, in many ways and intersects with Rudy's, um, certainly was a risk because, you have to i i think there was some level of expectation for this better be good if i'm going to you know to give up rudy's to go to go to skips and, and of course rudy's obviously only open you know in the summer months spring and summer uh as well but um what talk about kind of going through the process of all right how how do i feel like i can position myself to be different and then, you know, how do I feel like I can sort of draw people away from from Rudy's? Well, my my goal is I always I always feel that competition is a good thing. And um, the Rudy's folks, they, they've got an incredible operation out there. I mean, they've been around forever. I remember we would all, we would go there frequently in the summertime and haven't, you know, throw the skip the rocks in the lake and then yep. go next door to Bev's and get an ice cream and. Well, well I, I, I really believe that they, they do an amazing job, and I'm not just saying that for the radio. I truly believe they, they do good stuff out there. You know, everybody, yeah, people have their opinions. I think what my my positioning when I opened up is my goal is to have as fresh a product as I can. Um, you know, as an example, my hat, it comes in, uh, you know, it, it lands on a dock, it goes to auction, you know, fresh off the boat goes to the auction it's the you know it's it's transferred into a facility it's cut brought right to us we have it within 24 hours of it you know coming out of the ocean basically i think you know if you stick to those principles fresher is better um and, and this is not anything 
uh, I'm not trying to disparage Rudy's at all by any man, any right. means, but you know, the the fresher we can be, I think it shows in the in the quality of the product. I agree. Uh, you know, big picture. You know, so I, I and, and that's always been my 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 thought. My drive is to get as fresh as I possibly can, and uh, and pass that on because you really can tell the difference when you you know you get something that's you know yeah has been on land for a while. <laughs> You're right. That's for sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, um, I think people nowadays in a lot of ways want to, want to know that when they're, they're going to spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks on a meal, mm-hmm. um, you know, care has been taken in the preparation of that meal. So when I look at, you know, a business like yours, I look at, you know, Larry Miller at GJP um, Italian um, there. I mean, you guys do a lot of your own, your own homemade stuff. And the, the preparation is done in such a way that it's obvious that care has been taken. And you're really, really focused on wanting the product to be good and not so much. Um, maybe, and you're in a little different position too, I think, because it's not so much, you know, I mean, even Rudy's, you, you get, you know, you, you get a Friday during Lent and it's almost like an assembly line, you know, and it's an amazing operation that they even are able to keep up with everybody's orders. I have never known Mm -hmm. how they ever do that, but you know, I think again, just looking at, looking at your, uh, situation, it's, it's really all about you know, care has been taken and we want you to have the very best tasting and freshest and, and best prepared food we can possibly give to you. And I think people respond to that. I, I, I hope so. So far, I, I believe that to be absolutely true. Um, we, we spend a tremendous amount of time and, and God love my staff. They, they, They're you know, great. I, I, can, I can be very OCD about how things are done with the, you know, with the preparation of things and, you know, cook times and, you know, it, it, it never ends. Yeah. Uh, but we really, I mean, we do everything to order, you know, which is, which is especially, you know, today being Ash Wednesday, you know, we're really, you know, we're being uh, pushed pretty hard, but every Friday imagine. and Lent, it's crazy. I can imagine. You know, and as you know, at the Speedway, you know, there's a lot of folks and they want it quick and, uh, you know, quick, quick is okay for a hot dog, but it's not necessarily possible all the time, you know, when you're talking about breading fish right. to order. So, well, that's true. And that was, I was going to get into that. We can go there now. Um, first of all, how did you, um, how did your relationship come together with, with the Speedway? It was sort of, uh, well, I, I have, uh, I've been a sponsor, uh, with a CNY CPR. Yep. I've, always, I've sponsored either started out with a couple signs there and that turned into a, um, a spot, you know, a co-sponsor with a, a few other folks over the years. And then ultimately, um, you know, so there was a relationship there with, uh, you know, the Teresi family and, um, you know, which I'm very, I'm very fortunate that, that it just sort of played out that way. Uh, and then, and then, when skips uh, came to be a reality, uh, you know, they wanted to lighten the load a little bit on themselves, and uh, asked if I would be interested in taking over part of the concession stand. So, I, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. I just, just to be a uh, selfishly, just to be a tiny little part of the history of that place is very uh, meaningful to me, to be honest. 
I couldn't agree more, and it's the same for me. And it's it's just really interesting to um, to to see how that concession situation has evolved over the last couple of years with the local mm-hmm. concessionaires getting the opportunity to become a part of everything that's going on at the speedway and i think it works out great for everybody to be honest and Mm -hmm. and i'm excited about that arrangement for for all of you guys you ended up with the um the pit concession which arguably can be um i think in a way the 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 most complicated at times and and uh i i'm curious i mean how do you um obviously i guess you would look at at past numbers and and try to be um to guess it you know order quantities and stuff but man you get a big race like the classic how does that work for you i'm sure there's an awful lot of uh planning and thought that goes into um preparation for that event because you got you know three four days when everybody's going to be at the track and and there Mm -hmm. there can be a lot of people in the pits especially not to mention the crowd in the grandstand indeed you know we the first year was a total guess on everything uh and on some things we we way overestimated and on some things we way underestimated this year um the little bit of curveball we had was the addition of the friday program for classic yeah. Um, the, the pro stock folks that come in. Uh, so it, the, the pits uh, can be very interesting because most of the teams throughout the weekend will bring their own food and drinks. And, okay, you know, you'll get so you'll get it's not as busy as you would think at times. Right. The, the folks on Friday, they brought their they brought their equipment, their cars, and then came to us to eat. So it was a it was a real we were bombarded for hours and hours. And, you know, and subsequently we ran out a lot of a lot of stuff. Um how do you put that together there's there's a fair amount of guessing um with the you know the fresh the fresh fish that we bring in there it's a bit of a crapshoot too because if you have a, a rain date god forbid which we've been pretty lucky over the past couple of years yeah um you know then what do you do with the stuff you know that's then you know so there's some waste potential there so it's a it's a real delicate balance uh but it's um now we have a i believe we have a pretty good system um you know as far as estimations on what to buy when to buy uh, you know, the other interesting thing too is Oswego takes relatively short breaks. You know, there's always that that transition time after the last heat into your right. future. You know, where we have a little bit of time to get stuff across the track. You know, from the main freezers and and refrigerators and what have you. So, you know, if that doesn't happen, <laughs> you know, the, the the pits that concession tends to suffer a little bit. So there's a lot of give and take in the track, and actually they work very well with us. I'll, you know, uh, Paul Canzone will always send me a message. Hey, we're going to have a short break, or you know, he'll try to update me so that I can assist my staff, and you know, so they can do their jobs. Um, so that the it, you know that that relationship between the you know the safety guys and the the track management is is really critical. You know, and you know we're bringing food up to the tower. You know, so there's a lot of logistical stuff there. But this being our third year, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've got it knocked. Well, it's certainly fun to uh to it's been fun to see your business grow and it's great to have you as part of the uh the track concession um you've also got a uh you've got a kind of a a mobile unit if you will or food truck um Mm -hmm. that uh you take around the city um that's an interesting i think in in today's world that's you know, it's gotten a lot more popular. Talk a little bit about the evolution of that part of your business. 
that was sort of a over the winter fact checking. It was sort of I had no idea what I was getting into as far as pricing, so on and so forth. So I I worked with a company out of Salve called TriTank, who was awesome to work with. Uh, and I saw an opportunity because there's nothing. We would receive multiple phone calls a year from various events, you know, the Scottish Games and, uh, you know, Harbor Fest and things like that. And I okay. said, well, geez, why don't we, nobody has a, a fish truck like this. So I said, well, why don't we put something together? So over a period of about six months, you know, because it, it, it's a custom trailer and um, another Speedway guy, uh, Rob Pullen, yep. uh, did a lot of, did in fact, all of the plumbing in the thing, which was a... Oh, wow. A, a pretty tall order to be perfect. It seems simple, right? You know, an 18 foot trailer, how hard can it be? But there's tons of rules and everything. So now we have it. Um, we're excited this year because we're going to be, uh, we're, it's going to be open every day. Uh, at Wright's landing in the, uh, down by the lake in the, in the city of Oswego. Um, you know, we have, I want to say eight to eight to 10 events scheduled already that, uh, either private event or, you know, public functions, but so it just sort of happened on a, on a bit of a whim, like most things. And, uh, uh, and I'm glad we did it. The, the exposure that we've had, like events like Taste of Syracuse, you know, two, you know, uh, two days, you know, there's a quarter million people that come through there. Yeah. So, so it's just it's excellent exposure, and uh, we see a fair amount of people that are coming from Syracuse on a regular basis uh, because they were exposed to us through the really, you know, th- through the concession trailer, which I find amazing because there's a lot of great fish fry places in the Syracuse area. Boy, uh, that's a statement and, the, and a half they, right there. But yeah, so you know, there's, you know, there's there's a you know a little bit of a uh, you know side aspect of skips that uh, I I believe will continue to grow along with the business. Well, that's interesting, and I'm curious. What are the most popular menu items that that what seems and is it different, for example, um, from your 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 main uh, store in downtown Oswego to the Speedway to the the food truck, which I'm sure you don't obviously have your whole menu in either of those other places. But what is what are the most popular items? What do people seem to like the best, and how does that change from situation to situation? Well, um, it's always the haddock. So no matter where we are, you know, the haddock is always the premier. Gotcha. Uh, option for the for the customer um and, and th- that's true across all three you know the track the restaurant or the trailer you know it's it, that really doesn't vary uh we we like to bring the lobster rolls out uh in the concession trailer um they you know we again thanks to mr soper you know we sell a lot of them out <laughs> of that trailer and uh that would probably be our second uh our second most common item it's sorry go ahead no, I was just saying that's interesting that lobster rolls yeah. behind the haddock would be the second most popular item. I find that to be <laughs> yeah. unique. It, it, it's pretty remarkable. Again, it was I never thought it would take off, and uh, you know because it's lobster rolls aren't cheap. No, you know, especially you you can you can fake a lobster roll, but you won't. In my opinion, like my philosophy as we talked about earlier, you won't sell very many ultimately. So the lobster that's in our lobster rolls is 100 percent legit. There's no filler, no chemicals, no nonsense. And again, people are drawn to that and they and they recognize and appreciate it so we sell quite a few of them that's awesome i love love your headache pieces i could eat those by the pound Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i will tell that that is that is an item that uh that is 
gaining in popularity as well. I'm not surprised. And it, 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 it's just a, I, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, it's literally just the same haddock. We just cut it into little cubes, bread it individually. And, well, not all of us really like want it. a sandwich. I mean, that's, you True. know, I, I like it because, you know, it's kind of a chicken wingish, chicken nuggetish kind of thing, except it's fish. Mm-hmm. And so it's sure. different. And I will tell you what, they don't do fish here in the South anywhere like they do fish <laughs> up there. And I wish that you would open one here. I will tell you, you open one in Charlotte, you'd make a killing. <laughs> I've had a lot of folks, uh, especially the uh, the snowbirds that hit, you know the you know the the Georgia, Florida folks that, yeah. you know, you got to you got to bring your trailer down in the winter. You you know you'd clean up with all the New Yorkers and you would. Uh, I've I've heard that quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, you definitely would. You could you could certainly uh, franchise that and mm-hmm. and make some money because uh, there are an awful lot of us down here who you know we have a different opinion about fish than mm-hmm. you know the natives who are into the catfish and whatever else i'm that's sure. just not my my thing um you know i'm a haddock guy and there's one place in mooresville called joe fish that does halfway decent acceptable edible you know <laughs> haddock and whatever that's it that's the only sure. place i found here so um that's unfortunate that's why yeah it is really honestly because you know fish obviously is even even fried fish i would guess is a, a good sight healthier than uh, you know than some of the other stuff you can eat but um you know and i and i just love haddock and I, and I just mm-hmm. can't get it anywhere. So that's why when I come home, I, I end up uh, binging on, on yours, so, sure. which is probably okay with you, <laughs> and, too. And happy you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, but uh, what, what it, are there things that, you know, what's kind of the next step or the next evolution or the next new menu item? Is there anything that you've, you're kind of working on that you can talk to us about? Not well. We've uh, just yesterday we uh, we've partnered with uh, River Rat Cheese um, Company out of uh, Clayton. Um, we're doing uh, uh, fresh cheese curds, breaded and fried. Um, oh. You know, so like the squeaky cheese. Um, and I, I think that's going to be it for a while. I've added a few things over the winter, and I'm making my staff a little nutty, and <laughs> you know, and you know, doing we're doing our own pickles and our own onion rings and this and that and. Um, you know, so there's, I think we're at the point now where we have enough, uh, you know, then that may change as we get back towards fall, but we're sort of settling in, you know, for our busy season okay. you know, with the, the speedway, the restaurant picks way up in the summer, you know, uh, as everything does in Oswego, sure. or, you know, the trailer. So right now we're just kind of in a holding pattern and, uh, you know, just, uh, doing what we're doing. You've got a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, Oswego downtown in the downtown area is building a lot of apartments, a lot of housing. Um, how, I mean, obviously you got to be excited about what that could do from, you know, a business standpoint, but is there any negative to that for you? I don't think so. Um, you know, there was some concern uh, that, you know, what there's uh four large buildings going literally across the street from the yeah. restaurant. Um, you know, there was, there was some worry that, you know, it's going to obstruct a lot of the view and so on and so forth. But I really see it all as an upside. I, I think, I think what's happening in the city of Oswego over the past few years, you know, with an, with an administration here that, that, you know, is doing a lot, 
you know, for the city, uh, sure. there's a, a lot of, de- you know, there's three or four large developers that are, you know, doing a lot of building and renovating and so on and so forth. So I, I see nothing but upside with this. Um, you know, it, it's I, sometimes I wonder where the people are going to come from to rent these folks or rent these places. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I can't see it as anything but a positive for the city of Oswego. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a bold step. I mean, you know, obviously I ask the same question. It's like, do they have... Do they have some sort of statistic or demographic that 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 you know leads them to believe that they're if they build them everybody will come? But I mean, honestly, even if you you know if you put people in half of them that are being built, uh, it can only help the businesses in the area. So um, sure. I think everybody's concerned about parking, but that'll that'll be a, a whole other issue, I'm sure that they'll sure. work on. Sure. But um, it, it, it's it's definitely been been great to to sort of see the evolution and i love the the dedication and the commitment to the customer that you guys have there not just you but your whole staff every time i've mm-hmm. gone in there you know gone up to the you know one of the concessions at the track or whatever um it's been all about you know making sure that uh, the customer's happy and satisfied mm-hmm. and um you know i think that's uh that's a trait that's I at least you know, and I I do a lot of dining out, and and that's mm-hmm. a trait that I see that's kind of getting rarer and rarer. Sure, I, I think it's critical. I I am a huge advocate of um, both acknowledging good and bad. Yeah. Uh, if there is a a positive uh, review left, you know they they generally will will get a personal message from me. That's uh, if awesome. There's, if there's if there's ever a mistake that's made, which happens, I don't care what sure. restaurant you go to, Nobody's things perfect. happen. Ninety nine percent of the folks that uh, that have an issue, um, well, a hundred percent of them will get addressed immediately. Uh, and and you know, folks just want to be taken care of. And if you know, if there's a mistake, as long as we know about it, I will bend over backwards to fix it. I mean, you know, even even to our our menu boards now, we have three large TVs, fifty five inch TVs. Yeah, I that saw are, that our menu boards that we added, but we had a lot of older folks that were coming in that had a hard time with the chalkboard menu. Uh, and I said, well, how can I fix it? So I did some research, found a program that I could use, et cetera. So I changed that. It's all about the customer experience. If they come in, the place is clean, it's warm or cool, depending on the season. Yeah. Smiling, you're, you're greeted as soon as you come in the darn door. I think it just speaks volumes of the place. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty fortunate guy. I have a, I've had great staff, you, do. Um, yeah. you know, for the last couple of years and, and uh, a manager that works her butt off for me. And, um, you know, and, and it's just, I've, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky in that regard. And um, I think it shows in the final product. Well, we uh, certainly are excited about uh, you being back at the Speedway for 2020. And, um, man, I, I just am so grateful for your support of the show and your enthusiasm for it. Uh, you were uh, one of the first to jump on board. And, um, you know, we're excited about uh, being able to promote something that, number one, I um, I personally enjoy. And, and uh, you know, I, I like to promote sponsors promote companies that you know i can either be personally involved with something i like something you know whether it's food or whatever it is you know or something that i believe in and and uh, i love i love skips fish fry and look forward to it. it's the first place i look forward to going every time i come to a swingo so uh and that's i mean i i love fish and you know you look i don't dislike rudy's but i have personally uh, had a better 
tasting experience. Every time I've come to Skips, and I have the last couple times I've gone to Rudy's, and I'm saying that not to disparage Rudy's, but I want the people listening to this to understand that, you know, again, I'm not just promoting it because you're, you know, you're paying me money to, to sponsor the show. I'm, th- this is, you know, I really like Skips the best. So I hope that uh, everybody that comes into town uh, to Oswego will stop by uh, and see your location in downtown. And obviously, um, you know, they'll uh, they'll be able to uh, visit you at the racetrack as well and look forward to uh, seeing you again here in a few months' time as we crank up another racing season. 87 days, I believe, and uh, or 86 days in a wake-up, and uh, we'll be... You know, uh, throwing the green flag for the for the season. So I'm pretty excited to uh, to get that going at the racetrack to have everybody back in town and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're you're doing a great job, and I think it's uh, I think what you've got going here and keeping everybody um, you know informed on changes and getting different perspectives from different folks like myself and car owners and drivers. I think it's important, and uh, I, I think it's uh, you know nothing but good for the track and the racing as a whole. Well, we appreciate all of that, uh, Sean, and and we we thank you and your staff for all of your hospitality, and we look forward to uh, a big season. That is Sean Cathcart, uh, and again, visit Skip's Fish Fry downtown Oswego, uh, and of course at the Speedway as well. We will uh, step aside and be right back to go ahead and close this show out for another week here on Inside Groove. Stay with us. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we uh, get ready to close out this week's episode and look forward to next week. We've got uh, some cool people on the line to uh, to introduce to you or uh, bring to you over the next uh, few weeks. You already know them, but uh, <laughs> we've got some drivers lined up, got a car owner uh, that's um, going to be on as well and some other cool folks from uh, the world of super modified racing. So we're we're excited about what's to come here as we get into the month of March. And, uh, geez, as um, Sean alluded to, uh, what, 86, 87 days until uh, opening day at the Oswego Speedway. And you got to love that. So uh, thank you all for the support of this show. Again, uh, please share. Please go to our Inside Groove Facebook page if you're inclined. Leave us a good review. Um, and keep in mind that uh, this show would not be possible without the sponsors who support it. So please, as often as you possibly can, please frequent those sponsors. Skips Fish Fry, JNS Paving. That's uh, Rich Worth and, uh, of course, Jeff West and his group from Indie Performance Composites. We're still going to try to uh, corral Westy as quickly as we can. His schedule is even busier than mine. Um, so we'll uh, get hooked back up with him eventually. We'll get to you part two of Joe Gozik eventually. Uh, and I'm hoping if I can coordinate this to um, have one of the most popular legendary drivers from the Oswego 
Rodrigo Speedway uh, on for next week. I'm not going to say who it is. And uh, just going to tell you that if I can make this happen, um, he's already agreed to do it. Just got to get the schedules to match. But if we can get this recorded, um, this is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, look forward to next week. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with me as we uh, look back and remember and celebrate the history of Oswego Speedway while also wanting to do our best to promote what's currently going on. We hope that you enjoyed the uh, kind of deviation from the norm here. We wanted to start getting some more of the 350 and SBS drivers on. And uh, it was great to talk with Jeff Battle. He is a very impressive young man who can certainly wheel a car. And uh, I think that the super modified division as a whole is definitely enriched by younger drivers like Jeffrey. So, um, again, for Camden Proud, who will be back as soon as we have news from the Oswego Speedway to report. Uh, and for all of the sponsors, I'm Tom Baker. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a great week and weekend, and we'll see you in the groove. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliate, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.